welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Tuesday, the 24th of October, with me, Bernadette Anderko. Today, I'm joined on the show by my colleague, Roman Canciani, who's going to be bringing us up to speed on the main events moving the markets right now. And then we'll dive into the world of crypto assets with Manuel Valleas from our Next Generation research team. So let's start by cracking on with what's been moving markets overnight with Roman. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Bernadette. So Roman, after one of the worst weeks for equity and bond markets, one would have expected a bit of a bounce yesterday. But these expectations, or rather hopes, proved short-lived, at least during European trading times. Uh, The trigger for this renewed selling pressure seems to have been bond yields, which rose again. In the case of the 10-year US Treasuries, above that psychologically important level of 5%, only to then uh, strongly fall afterwards. So what else did you see in the news? Oh, yes, uh, yesterday was a very eventful trading day to start uh, a very busy week with. Uh, as you said, the rise in US 10-year Treasury yields above the 5% level was one of the main triggers for renewed selling across regions and also asset classes early in the day. Well, there was no specific trigger for the rise in US Treasury yields. They turned sharply on the news that Bill Ackman, a prominent doomsayer and billionaire investor, said that the route in bond markets had gone too far and that he had closed his short positions in US Treasuries. And also retired bond king uh, Bill Gross, the co-founder of PIMCO, uh, said that he was buying short US Treasuries in anticipation of a US recession starting as early as the end of this year. And uh, the subsequent rally in US Treasuries proved to be somewhat sustainable with 10-year yields at 484 this morning, 30-year yields back below 5%, and 2-year yields at 506, all significantly lower than 24 hours ago. Otherwise, in terms of market uh, news during the European session, German carmaker Volkswagen was in the headlines after announcing that it expects weaker-than-expected Q3 earnings and hedging losses to impact its P&L for the year. Shares fell around 1% on the day to 102.25, but at one point were trading below 100 euros per share for the first time since March 2020. Right. And I see that bankers are enjoying the busiest month this year in uh, mergers and acquisitions with deals galore, correct? Yes, absolutely. The uh, big news yesterday was that energy giant Chevron agreed to buy Hess Corporation for 53 billion US dollars in an all stock transaction. This deal comes just days after Chevron's rival ExxonMobil agreed to buy share oil producer Pioneer Natural Resources for 60 billion US dollars. And uh, Swiss pharmaceutical giant Roche also made an acquisition, uh, buying Televant Holdings, the owner of a therapy for a particular type of inflammatory disease, in a deal valued at 7.1 billion US dollars. Okay, so a busy day there. So tell us a bit more about what's been going on in the US yesterday. I I believe there's about 150 companies um, in the S&P 500 index due to report their results this week, right? Yes, that's right. But only a handful of them actually reported yesterday. Most strategists say that after a lackluster start to the US earnings season, uh, investors should be looking to the big tech companies reporting this week, so Alphabet and Microsoft today and Amazon on Thursday, to see which way the markets are heading into the uh, end of this year. So the markets looked a little cheatery yesterday, with many investors currently looking at the 4,200 level on the S&P 500 index, which our technical analysts say is a, a key technical support level. And 
the market managed to defend this level just barely with uh, the S&P 500 closing down 0.2% at 4,217 points. The outperformance yesterday was a tech-heavy Nasdaq, uh, which closed slightly higher for the first time in the last five trading days. Okay, we um, haven't spoken about gold this morning or, or oil for that matter, despite the conflict in the Middle East. So what's the news there? Yes, that's a good point. I think it's fair to say that fears of an escalation of the war between Israel and Hamas were not a big issue for the markets yesterday. Renewed uh, diplomatic efforts to contain uh, the war and Israel's apparent reluctance to launch a wider ground invasion of Gaza uh, caused all the havens uh, like gold, the US dollar or the Swiss franc to pause the rally. And also Oil and Wall Street, uh, Wall Street's fear gauge, the uh, VIX index, which measures the implied volatility of the S&P 500 over the coming weeks, retreated slightly. Okay, but uh, the talk of the town this morning is Bitcoin, right? I mean, at times it was trading around 11% higher overnight. What's the news there? Uh, yes, that's right. Bitcoin is up sharply this morning, currently trading at around 34,000 US dollars news. Is a bit scarce. Uh, most of the commentary is focused on the ongoing SEC approval process for spot ETFs on Bitcoin, which, uh, at least according to the crypto bulls, would massively expand the potential investor base for this crypto asset. The other news I've seen is that some large investors have moved their Bitcoins into so-called cold wallets. Uh, effectively taking them off the market and reducing supply. So the move overnight could also be seen as a short squeeze. But uh, we'll have more details from Manuel later in the show, I suppose. Right. OK. And to finish very quickly, um, what's been going on in Asia overnight? Uh, yes, uh, markets there are trading range-bound this morning with uh, Chinese onshore equities outperforming the rest of the region after the country's sovereign wealth fund uh, bought ETFs to support the market. Otherwise, uh, it's been relatively quiet there. Uh, as far as potential market movers are concerned today, we've uh, got unemployment figures out of Finland, uh, lots of new PMI data from the US and the UK, and of course, a slew of corporate earnings reports, including the aforementioned uh, Microsoft and Alphabet. For now, uh, US futures are pointing to a positive opening this afternoon. That's it from me. Great, Roman. Thanks for the interesting update. Thank you very much, Bernadette. Now, as Roman mentioned, we've seen a big rally in Bitcoin, so it's great that we've got our crypto expert on the show today. Good morning, Manuel. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, Roman already mentioned that Bitcoin's trading up at around $34,000. I think that's a 100% rise on the year. Can you fill us in on any details about what's actually sparked this rally, Manuel? Absolutely. So first off, I have to tell you that the rally was initially triggered by fake news. And it ended up materializing last week. So on Monday 16th in the afternoon, a series of tweets denoted that the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission, the SEC, had just approved the filing for iShares for BlackRock's U.S.-listed, physically-backed Bitcoin exchange-traded funds. And by the time the rumors were disavowed, Bitcoin's price had already reached far above $30,000. When the gossips were proven fake by the SEC and BlackRock, the price retraced, although not, not entirely. And speculators realized that the momentum was there and that the hype around the potential approval is not unsubstantiated. We all got a taste of what an approval will look like. After the events, multiple financial institutions have updated their views on the asset class, signaling rising interest and agreeing that the SEC will likely approve the cohort of physically-backed Bitcoin ETFs 
anytime soon. The potential approval does not take away the fact that network activity has been largely muted, as evidenced by transaction counts and address activity. Okay, so is there any more news out now on these Bitcoin ETFs? So an extension of the rally, which is highly likely in our view and completely contingent on an approval of the filings, will likely drive another wave of investors that have been looking at entry points ahead of next year's halving. Yesterday evening, the district court mandated the Securities Exchange Commission to scrap their existing rejection of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust product, and the SEC must either approve the filing or reject it on new grounds. Let's trace back for a second. The court said that the SEC's rejection was arbitrary and capricious, so they have very little wiggle room if they want to reject the filing again. If prices are varying more than investors expected, it might be due to the fact that there's no market death, and relatively small orders have the capacity to influence order books across exchanges. Grayscale, aiming to prevent any further issues on this conversion process, issued an EUETF filing on Thursday last week. And as a well-known seasoned issuer, as denoted by the SEC, they have the capacity to file in a shorter and more expedited manner than the rest of the issuers. In our view, physically backed Bitcoin ETFs will likely begin trading sooner than later. Regulation will continue playing a key role in the coming weeks, while the overall environment in financial markets is more risk-off than risk-on, due to the uncertainty of what will happen next in the Middle East. That said, we believe, as well as Jerome Powell, as per Thursday's statements, that we are reaching the peak of U.S. monetary tightening. If so, macroeconomic headwinds towards risk-on assets should eventually start fading rather than intensifying. And that's all from my end. Back to you, Bernadette. Okay, yeah, thank you very much for that, Manuel. And I guess we'll be keenly awaiting on the show next week to see how all this progresses and whether the rally can be sustained. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank my guests for contributing and you for listening, of course. Please join us again tomorrow when John T. Warris will be your host and together with our experts, we'll guide you through what's moving markets. Meanwhile, good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.